Hello, welcome back to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Rob Mendeika. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm here. He's here, he's ready to go, and man, it must be a special day today because we have the whale man, Kyle Budzanowski. He is here. Kyle, what's going on, buddy? Haven't seen you in, I don't know, a month, six, seven, eight, nine years? Something. I don't know. <laughs> good to be back. It's good to be back. He is here, and I think he his ears were burning clearly because we're going to start off today's show talking about Michigan basketball. We are not going to be talking March Madness in particular just yet because obviously Michigan's still in the tournament. So we'll kind of do an overall review. Obviously some big upsets on weekend one. We were unfortunately unable to get a bracket out to you guys. But that's not really going to matter because Mike had Colgate going real far. So didn't really matter. <laughs> um, but that's okay. But we are going to be talking about Michigan here just to start off the show. We're also going to be doing Mike's uh, perfect WrestleMania card in his mind based off the current storylines. And he's going to give us winners and losers. Just a quick brief analysis as we get you guys ready to go into WrestleMania season after this week. Um, and then we're going to end the show talking not only uh, free agency week one, but also what the Lions have been doing. And the official Jared, Jared Goff slash Matthew Stafford trade has become official. Jared Goff is officially Detroit Lions. We're going to be talking all that good stuff and what we want to see, what we like, what we didn't like um, going forward for your Detroit Lions. So let's just jump right in here, though, guys. Uh, Michigan basketball, they're still in the tournament, so um, we're not going to hit specifically on that. But let's hit the first thing that some of the bigger bigger news coming out of out of Indianapolis this week is uh, Jawan Howard, Coach of the Year, right? Mike, me and you talked about it for the last couple weeks here. Of, you know, should he be Coach of the Year? Should he not be Coach of the Year? Do you think he's actually going to get it? You know, is, there's a couple other coaches that are definitely in the running for that. Um, but he gets it. He's Coach of the Year. Kyle, give me your thoughts. I mean. I'm sure you already thought he deserved it, number one. But two, I mean, just talk to me about what that mean. What do you think that means for the program for recruiting? Um, you know, and, and is it like, are we at the pinnacle where, like, if you know, and we're gonna talk about the tournament in a second, but like, are we at the best we're ever gonna feel about Juwan Howard is right now? Um, I mean, the best we'll ever feel. I feel like we can feel a lot better when we win the national championship <laughs> next year. But, but I mean, him winning coach of the year, I, I mean, me personally, I felt like he definitely deserved it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. From where they were projected to be to where they are now, I think even if they don't make a, a huge run or make the national championship, I still feel he's well-deserving of that. I know mm-hmm. there was a few other coaches who were in the running, and I've, they are great coaches, but I believe, in my personal belief, that Juwan Howard deserved it. And I feel like this will help recruiting a lot. Because you're going to have these recruits who are like, oh, it's going to What's crazy is like, I don't know how much better recruiting you can get. I mean, yeah. at this point, I mean, good Lord, three All-Americans coming in. But it's, I mean, you'd be surprised how many people are will be like, oh, committed to Michigan all of a sudden. And, but yeah. I think that'll take a huge hit with already recruiting. Um, I got a question about recruiting for you in a second. But, Mike, just I'll shift to you here for a second. Um, you know, he wins Coach of the Year officially now. Um, you know, is the, is the bar overall now? Take this tournament season out of it just for a second. Is the bar now to the point where you are now have to be looked at as a top, say, fifteen coach in, in the in the country right now? I mean, because you're coaching at Michigan, but you know, like if if he came in and they if they struggled early out of the blocks, no one would be crucifying this man. Like John Beeline set a bar pretty high for what Michigan basketball we want it to be, right? But he's taken that bar so far, and he's taken it further than we anticipated this quickly. So now is it to the point where there's the standards already been set? It's, mm-hmm. You're at you're at a level now where it's like you're expected to produce, you're expected to be able to be a contending team going into March, you know, for the foreseeable future. Oh, yeah. I definitely think that they're going to be the new, I guess not new, but they're going to be like a Duke, like a North Carolina, mm-hmm. I think. 
Well, even be at Michigan State. Be at Michigan State for the last couple years. Yeah, Yeah. I think think they're just going to be a team, especially with the recruits coming in and how he's able to coach that. It's definitely going to turn into, okay, so we have 64 teams. Who can we basically mark in in the beginning of the season to make Mm -hmm. it? And I think Michigan's finally got to the point where it's like, we could probably mark Michigan in. Them, Gonzaga, Gonzaga, Yeah, there's like like an eight-team bubble that uh, you're like, all right, who's going to mark in? We're going to mark them in probably. And so, and once you get to that standing, you're at high levels, but also brings in better recruits. Mm -hmm. And we already talked about how they already have great recruits already, Mm -hmm. but it's just going to continue to bring in those recruits because if you're going to make it every year, they're going to be like, listen, I have a chance to win a championship at Michigan now. I'd rather go there than be And potentially uh, as a freshman too, that's the big key, right? Is that we, you know, and we've talked about this in previous episodes to where there, there is definitely a potential where the NBA is just going to go, all right, screw it. You don't need to go to a year of college. You can just go straight from high school. And I think you're going to start to see that a little bit. Um, we already seen it as Michigan was affected. Isaiah Todd committed and then he goes, no, I'm just going to go overseas for a year, play a pro ball, and then end of the draft. So yeah. I think you're going to start seeing that trend a little bit more. But back to you, Kyle, I want to ask you this. This is more of just a, a fun question. What are the odds that Bronny's coming here? I'm asking it legitimately. Right now I think he's like the number like 24 ranked player in his class or something like that at the moment. He's only a sophomore or is he a junior? Sophomore. sophomore, I think, right? I know well, he just I'm going to say very confidently sophomore. I think, I, I'm not 100% sure. Either way, right? LeBron and D-Wade both have kids that are pretty decently high recruits, right? And they're both were super ecstatic when he got the job. They love Juwan Howard. We've also heard LeBron say, though, that I don't want my kid to play anywhere other than for Coach K and at Duke. But I think that maybe has changed a little bit with the way the current atmosphere of college basketball is. Um what are the odds that Bronny comes here? Because I think, if nothing else, that'll be the most popular kid ever to come to Michigan, probably oh, since Chris Webber. <laughs> Basketball-wise, I think I think he would rival Chris Webber from an anticipation standpoint. If they lived in Michigan, good lord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, him committing to Michigan would be the craziest probably thing in my life as a Michigan fan. But, um, I mean, I think Michigan... If Michigan keep, continues to trend in the way they are right mm-hmm. now, he may not be good I, enough to come. To <laughs> I think I think Michigan would be a top five school for him. Yeah, I don't, I personally don't think he'll go to Michigan, but yeah, I feel like he'll definitely be in the run. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I think I think I think Michigan would be a short list of like three schools that he. Would I think it's them. Personally. I think it's him. I would think it'd be Michigan, Duke, and then like North Carolina, or maybe, or or maybe Ohio State, just because yeah, you know because LeBron's such a big you know they are from Ohio. Yeah. Know, so. No, it's literally, I think there's like three team, like schools yeah. that he would consider. Mm-hmm. I do think Michigan's probably the third on that list. Mm-hmm. And honestly, here's the thing: is Bronny's such a big name, but as being like the 24th, right? That may not be like honestly. If you're only a this, four star, and we're only recruiting five. <laughs> yeah, like like we're bringing in two five stars this year. Yeah, three, are, three five stars. Three. Oh yeah, Kobe yeah. got moved up. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're bringing in three five stars this year. Mm-hmm. That and if that continues to be the trend and. Bronny's a four-star, going to probably be a five-star, but like yeah. starts off as a four-star. Mm-hmm. It's like, listen, we, we bring in two or three five-stars. Do we have another space to bring in you yeah. as a four-star kind right. of thing? Like, Basketball is difficult, too, because you're pretty like, oh, we got three guys. Yeah, yeah. And, we also, and you also know that, like, and Bronny's going to leave after a year because he's not going to stay for three mm-hmm. years and play college basketball. Like, it's, he's going to one and done, mm-hmm. like, 90 Five percent sure. Yeah, if he has any sort of success, yeah. he's just gonna go. So, they know his dad's coming with him. <laughs> like, and like he might not even honestly start if mm-hmm. he comes here. Like, say well, he probably play like small fo- shooting guard, small forward, right. and we're bringing in all these great forwards and everything. It's like, are you even gonna be playing 
right meaningful good, minutes meaningful minutes right, right away where if you go to like Ohio State or something you're going to be probably a starter there because they're oh, not the whole, they're not the whole program would be like oh look it's LeBron James Jr. yeah exactly <laughs> not so but, you know. So that's so I don't think he'll go to Michigan for all those reasons above, but it would be cool to see him. In Michigan. I think it'd be I think it's just interesting that you know to have that kind of like oh man, that'd be kind of weird to have LeBron James as a kid. All of a sudden LeBron James a Michigan fan now that'd be weird, right? Like yeah, he'd, he'd, never, he'd be like oh sorry Bronny, I have to root against you, today, right? But last thing on Jawan here, and I guess for Michigan as a whole, Kyle, I'll start with you. You know, me and Mike have talked about this a little bit going into into tournament season, where you look at it and you say, you know it. You know, what is the threshold for this to be considered a successful season? You can never go into a season thinking, okay, well, they have to win the national championship. It's just like, it's a must, right? Certain teams in football, I think you can say that, right? Like, if you're Alabama, you don't win the national title. You're at a point now where that's kind of seems like a bust, right, mm-hmm. from a football perspective. I think Gonzaga, if they don't win the national championship, I think a lot of people are going to be like, all right, well, you're number one seed, you didn't beat anybody, kind of thing. For Michigan, you were unranked going into the season. You had a lot of question marks. You lost a couple big names, you know, in your starting five. You replaced them and, and overlapped them, quite frankly. Um, what is your threshold for Michigan, knowing that okay, they're already in the final thirty-two? Is it Sweet Sixteen for you? Is it Elite Eight? Is it Final Four? Is that where that needs to be, knowing that you're a number one seed now? Um, I know Livers is kind of questionable, literally until the end of this. Really, it's just we're just kind of waiting for him to come back, but. Um, if he does it all, what what is your threshold for you to consider this season to be a success for Michigan? I mean, as a I mean, the Michigan fan of me wants them to be like, okay, they need to make the Final Four for me to be at least okay. Like, yeah, they like, did, okay, it, we made a run. Yeah, yeah. we had, did something. But like, if you look at everything where they come and where they progressed, I feel like if they got to like Sweet Sixteen, like if they beat like an LSU, maybe like a Florida State, and you just say you beat both those and lose. You can still look and be like, okay, we we did a lot. We were mm-hmm. we lost livers, obviously he didn't play. I mean, yep. I came back. Who knows? But livers, we lost livers. From looking at where we came to where we are now with John, coach of the year, Dickinson, mm-hmm. second team All American. Yeah, I feel like overall that's that's like a good season. But me, I'm like, okay, they need to like beat everyone. Do I like do I personally believe they will go to the Final Four? I mean, like, eh, it's you know, that's that's a that's it's a tough because they have not necessarily. I don't think they've looked very good yeah. in the last like two no. weeks. I think it's been a bit of a rough, yeah, a bit a, of a rough go. But yeah. at the same, livers being down definitely hurts quite a bit. Um, Mike, same question to you. I mean, what what is what is your threshold at this point, right? You know, they got past the one sixteen matchup. You know, a lot of Virginia over here, but it's yeah. fine. Um, you know, they're playing a good LSU team on Monday when people are going to be hearing this. So, you know, at this point, they maybe could already be balanced at this point. But, um, you know, if, if not, right, what is your threshold? Is it, okay, we got to get at least to the Sweet 16. That's considered, you know, they made a decent run, won a couple games in the tournament, right? First year underneath this, we got pieces to build upon. Yeah. Or is it your first, your number one seed, Final Four? <laughs> no, I mean, I would say Sweet, I'd say the same thing with Kyle. Sweet 16, I think if you make the Elite Eight, you're like, this is a, I think like Sweet 16, is like you're neutral. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you get bounced by LSU, it's like oh, it's a loss of a season. Yeah. If you Sweet Sixteen, you're like neutral. You're like that's that's good, but it's not great. But you're like average but, good. Yeah, you're looking forward whatever. to next year. You're looking forward to next year. If you make Elite Eight, I, I think Elite Eight plus is anything. It's all positive from yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Like I think Sweet Sixteen. If you lose, I'm not going to criticize, but I'm not going to be like oh, really really good season. It's mm-hmm. just going to be like. Solid, yeah. You like know, okay, good, first like, year tournament. First year, there's like, some things that we can improve upon. Yeah, exactly. Right. But yeah, so I would say Sweet Sixteen is like a must. So mm-hmm. LSU, unfortunately, is a must almost. Yeah. yeah. You have to beat. Oh, absolutely. But um, Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight is kind of where I see them. If they make it any farther than that, then I'll go. 
This is this is difficult too because this is the first year, like I said, that Michigan's actually a number one seed. Even when they were good under Beeline, they were never a number one. No, they were like yeah. an eleven. Right, you know what I mean. Trevor so, hit that shot. Right, so it's it's one of those things to where you never really in, like you're like, okay, this is a good Michigan team. All right, what are they going to do? We don't really know, right? Anything is great. So those two final four championship runs, you go, oh man, like this, you know, even that elite eight run where they lost to Kentucky, you were yeah. like, that was a really good basketball team. So. You know, I think the expectation now that being a number one seed, I think there is a little bit more, especially from a Michigan standpoint, as well as from a non. If you're like not a Michigan fan, you're like, oh, we're well, number one seed. If you don't make the final four, it's a complete waste of time. You know, I know a lot of Michigan State fans are saying that. I know a lot of Ohio State fans are saying that as well. So you you look at it and you go, there's there's a double edged sword. Being the number one seed is great, but if you don't make that run, I think a lot of people are going to go, well, how can you be coach of the year? You didn't even get to the final four. You were number one seed. Blah 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 blah. Um, well, see, that always annoys me too, though, is because for like the NBA, I think they should wait, or they should. They, I'm okay that they do the awards before the playoffs, mm-hmm. like the bracket and or the playoffs, um, because I always get the annoying of everyone always votes like, say, like you think LeBron is like the MVP right. of a season, right, right, for the NBA, and it's like okay, but then you just watch this whole playoff and you go, how is yeah, Giannis right. the right. MVP when he gets bounced in the second round, then LeBron goes and wins a title, mm-hmm. and then they announce the day after the finals. Oh, uh, Giannis is the MVP, MVP, and I yeah. go, how did that happen? Right. I actually am okay with Juwan Howard getting announced before, because even if he gets bounced by LSU, it's a regular season award for right. it. So right. I'm like, he is the regular season coach of the year. Mm-hmm. Now, like, you can make a postseason coach of the year, mm-hmm. and that's whoever wins. Like, Gonzalez yeah. coach at that point, if you're, po- if you're postseason coach of the year, it probably means you won. So. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but that's what I mean. It's like, I, like, uh, yeah, like, I want to be like, oh, Juwan Howard doesn't deserve coach of the year because he got knocked out by LSU. I'm like, no, he was... The best coach mm-hmm. through the whole year. It just yeah. he took a Michigan yeah. team that was unranked and it got him to the point where they're the number two team in the country exactly. at one point. Yeah. yeah. So so I always hate that narrative. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, he shouldn't be because he had a bad playoff run. But I'm like, for sure, for sure, it's yeah. a regular season award. So like, yeah. I'm not going to knock. You I think it. I honestly think too. I think that this resume would be a little bit stronger, and I think that we'd have maybe even a little more conviction uh, of where Michigan's at as a team if last year, because last year that team was a fringe sixty-four team, yeah. right at the end, right. So even if they do make it and they say they won a game and then they get yeah. bounced, you'd be like, all right, good solid first year. But this kind of feels like the first year all over again for yeah, Juwan a little bit. Does. So I think it's, I think it's people are like a little bit like, well, anything he does at this point is pretty great. Like he's really doing a nice yeah. job. You, but at the same you, time, you're balancing the expectation as well as. But where they're at, you're like, man, they really could make a run. Yeah, no, it, it's it's a very unprecedented year because he technically has had two full seasons. Right, but this but is his like, first tourney. This is his first tourney. Yeah. So it's like you're trying to like balance like like last year he would have made it to the round of 32 and lost. This year would be like sweet 16. Have like, to. Yeah, you have, like, to. You have to. Right. But like, that you're now you're that right you now. didn't get there last year, it's like if you like you know get balanced, it was your first tourney. You know, yeah. blah blah blah. So right. it's very like, interesting everything. for sure. Really excited. Uh, hopefully we're talking about them next week. Really, I hope that's yeah. the case, right? If we're talking about them next weekend, that means that uh, they you know, did something. Right. Yeah, that means they did something right or something really bad happened. Yeah. One of the two. So <laughs> I guess we'll talk about it. But um, let's shift our focus now to uh, WrestleMania. We are on the precipice of the biggest show of the year. Kyle's excited. He could not be more pumped. Um, <laughs> he out he's he's going to go pull out his phone. He's going to go look for a mock draft for us at the <laughs> end of the show. But. Uh, you know, Mike, we've been talking about this now for a couple weeks where we're still kind of in the dark with as far as yes. what the hell WrestleMania is going to be this year. we got a two-night show. we got a two-night NXT TakeOver as well, which is going to be a lot in one week. Um, 
You should throw Russell Kingdom out there at the same time. Might as well, yeah. <laughs> um, but with them. right, so we're gonna, you know, th- this card right now is extremely incomplete. We got announced finally last week that it is gonna be Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley for the title, just randomly. There's no story, nothing. By the way, McIntyre's former champion, and he yeah, gets he, shot. He gets a title shot, yeah. right? Exactly. And everybody, though, went, everybody went cool, even though he is chal- he is putting that title on the line at Fastlane. Like Sheamus and Drew are fighting for a number one contender oh, yeah. spot. Right, yeah, they ain't. But like yeah. but we already know. Yeah, we know. We know what's so, gonna happen. We know what's it'll happen. be probably a good match though. They've been tearing it up lately. Um but point being, right? Um who knows, man? We could see Daniel Bryan versus Edge at WrestleMania instead of Roman and Danny. Mm. <laughs> we say that knowing full yeah, well. Don't happening. don't hurt my feelings it's like that. Um but Mike has gone through and has kind of put together a uh, Dream scenario is probably not the best way to put this, but from a, a logical perspective, where we think we're going to see WrestleMania this year. Obviously, as more matches get announced, we're obviously going to preview WrestleMania again in a couple weeks here, but I think it was a great idea by Mike to, to kind of bring us into WrestleMania mode. I know Fastline, as of this recording, hasn't happened yet. When you guys hear this, it'll have already happened. Spoiler alert, I'm guessing nothing happened. Um, I think one we, thing's going to happen. But. Yeah, maybe, right? But outside of that, I think that for the most part, the big angles are already kind of set in stone. We're four weeks away. It's there, kind of. So, with that being said, Mike, let's go night one. Um, give me just your overall thoughts on what 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 are you trying to accomplish night one here? We got guest Booker version Mike Merkel here today. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so I took all the storylines that I I've been kind mm-hmm. of watching over the last couple weeks, uh, and I've been trying to be like, all right. So we have four matches announced, and those are all intertwined mm-hmm. in these two nights that I have here. But basically, I was like. What would, outside of these four matches announced, because I did add them, mm-hmm. I was like, what would be some, like, really good right. either opener matches, or what would be these? And I try to put them in the best order possible. So if this actually happened, if this list, WWE was, like, listening to this, mm-hmm. and they took this, and they just, well, like, match for match, this would be my, like, favorite WrestleMania that you like, could possibly it, get. You could get from what was already right. announced to, like, what I'm trying to book here. Yeah. Because, obviously, I would have booked the main events completely differently. But... <laughs> well, if you want to listen to that, you can go back and listen to, like, the last, I don't know, six episodes. Yeah. But I can't, I can't change those. <laughs> yeah, right. Necessarily. I guess I could, but I'm not going to. A meteor comes down and strikes... <laughs> strikes down Edge, shoots him over to Raw, so we can get Danny Ryan and Roman Reigns. We're not getting that. And Bobby Lashley drops the title in a fatal four-way on Raw the night before WrestleMania. WrestleMania, yes. That would be edge, iconic. Get edge and McIntyre. That's yeah. funny. Okay, anyway. So th- this is basically why oh, I got. Lord. So we're starting off with night one. You know, I always find ladder matches to be great openers for WrestleMania. I agree with that. So I have the United States title being on the line. And we Ooh, got Riddle, right. Ali, Braun Strowman, Jeff Hardy, Ricochet, and Sheamus. Ladder okay. match for the U.S. title. Uh, so I, you don't have Strowman going against Shane. No, because apparently that's supposed to be a Fastlane. Yeah, supposedly. Okay, so and I just, took I took that. Are you doing that just because nobody wants to see it and hoping yes. to God that they don't book yes. it? Okay, cool. That's exactly what I did, and it's not booked already, so I, I, I could cheat out the system I to know. put this. So, it's, it's um, I reason I put these six guys because I think oh, when you look at the New Orleans six man one, right. you have a nice brand of like big guys, athletic yes. guys, and everything. I would agree with that. So yeah. I look at it and I go, okay, so we got like Braun Strowman and Sheamus who are like the bigger guys who can do bigger spots, right. and then you got like Jeff Hardy's gonna do his ladder spots. Yep. Ali can go fly around and ricochet, yep. and then I end up probably gonna have Riddle winning this at the end of the day to retain. Yep. But I think this is gonna be a solid opener, and you're gonna have a lot of good action. Having a big guy in the ladder match too, like Strowman, I think adds the level of like you know intrigue. Right? It's like when Kane's in Money in the Bank exactly. or Lars Sullivan in that six way ladder. Yeah. You know, I mean, somebody to kind of be like. He's a dark horse, but like he's huge, but he's slow. 
but he's also powerful. You know, throw around the big guys a lot. I like the addition of Ali and Ricochet in there for the high flying aspect of it. Hardy gets you a little bit of name value, and yeah. Riddle obviously being the champion. Yeah. I threw, I also threw Sheamus because once he loses to McIntyre, he's, he's got nothing going on. Yeah, and so. I think Sheamus would probably be one of the favorites going into that as yeah. well. Um, I'm not mad about that at all. Yeah, so I have that. I have Riddle winning, but yeah. I think it's just be a solid mm-hmm. opener or something. I could sit down and be like, oh, this is going to be awesome, even right. if I'm not in- invested. Mm-hmm. Yep. Basically, the matches I wasn't super invested, I added a few other people. Be like, yeah. All right, I can add some intrigue into some of these. Not the worst so that was case scenario. All right, so our second match, we have Ziggler and Rude taking on Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio for the SmackDown Tag Titles. Yep. Um, uh, Rey and Dominic just won yep. Street Profits, I think, yep. a week or two ago. Yep. So I think they're probably going to get yeah, the They're really trying. Uh, once again, I'm going to tell you this right now. If, if we're going nuts to nuts here, um, SmackDown's the best wrestling show on television right yes. now. I'm, I mean, Dynamite last week was great. Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa killed it. Awesome. Yes. Still pissed that Britt didn't win. Don't talk to me about it. I'm still cranky. But at the same time... No, week to week, SmackDown's been a better show than every single yeah. one of them, and it's really not that close. But I, I digress. But continue. They're, yeah. they're, they're, my point being is that with the SmackDown tag team title division, they're actively investing in the yeah, tag they're, team. They're division. trying a little more, exactly. And I, I have Ray and Dominic actually winning. So I think so. Yeah, WrestleMania moment. moment. For them. Yeah, plus, Ziggler and Root are not a tag team where it's like they can't not lose at a point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think it would just be a great like have, you don't father have son. Like, like, oh, we won the titles. Together. This isn't the Young Bucks holding it, and then you got two hodgepodge people winning it yeah. here. Like this, anytime both tags. I mean, we just saw new tag team champions on Raw, which yeah. I don't get, but it's fine. Um... You know, whatever. Yeah, so I, I think it would just be a nice, feel-good moment. And, yep, like, yep, for sure. Yeah, game. that's why I want Rey Mysterio from now on. I don't want him anywhere near the world title picture no. ever again. Just stay in tags. All right, so our third match here. So I have Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. Um, oh, they were setting please. that. They were setting that up with Sami hitting the Aluva kick on Kevin Owens yes. on the ringside. Yes. And I just think a one-on-one match at Mania would just be a great. Give thing him twenty-five for, minutes. Yeah, exactly. Give him twenty-five minutes and let's tear the house down. And now you Come can on. add a you can add a no DQ stipulation nope. if you want. Whatever. Nope. I don't care what it is. Nope. I just want to see them go one-on-one. I think yep. it'll be a great match. Oh my gosh. Uh, so our fourth match, so this one, so I'm predicting these first three to be pretty emotional matches. Mm-hmm. So this is the one I'm kind of like, yeah. I had to put somewhere, so I yeah. kind of put here. So we have uh, Damian Priest and Bad Bunny versus The Miz and Morrison. That's a great spot for it, though. In the middle, where they can kind of build up to it a little bit, but yeah. knowing any real wrestling fan goes, now is when I'm going to go get my sandwich. Exactly. exactly. And so like right in the middle, it's a yep. fourth out of seven. So he I'm does like, the performance in the middle of the show, right? Yep. Oh, we got Bad Bunny, he does the big entrance thing. Then Priest, I think Priest can have an awesome entrance just based yeah. on what he has now. I think is a perfect spot for this yeah. match. And then I have uh, Bad Bunny and Damon Priest probably Obviously winning. Going over. Because, yeah. Bad yeah. Bunny will hit a big splash off of Priest will throw him or something like that. Yeah, Miz, Morrison will take the pin. It's fine. Yeah. All right. So our next match, we have Asuka versus Charlotte for the Raw Women's title. Now, they just kind of came out and said Charlotte might not be at Mania or she might get taken off or mm-hmm. something. But I think this will be the best women's Raw match that you could probably get from that side. Even though I don't really want to yeah. really want to see it. Right. I think that like if you go through the Raw women's roster, you go, I don't want to see really anyone else though. Yeah. So I think this will just give you the best match. I think Asuka wins. I think, yeah. But I, like, I, this probably gives you the best match. I think too, I wish they would have not waited for Ripley to deb- debut. I think yeah. they could have just kind of piggybacked off of Ripley and you could have had Ripley versus Asuka for the title. I think that was a mismanagement there a little bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe they didn't want to take Ripley have back-to-back WrestleMania losses. I'm not sure. Um, but Asuka being hurt didn't help either. I honestly won't be shocked to see this be a one of those like turmoil match, like women's yeah. title turmoil matches where we just see like three I, or four women get pinned really yeah, quickly. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked Or like either. a fatal four-way or fatal six, something stupid where it's yeah. like 
it's only goes for eight minutes and Oscar retains just because they don't really have another option. Yeah, but I got, I just put them two. Yeah. I would be most excited. I and don't then, think Charlotte. I don't. Think I think Charlotte Oscar gets her win back from like yeah. thirty four or whatever when she lost. And she shouldn't have lost. But she but shouldn't have lost. So I think it's just like a nice little story yep. there. We'll yep. wrap it up. Now this next so our co-main event. This is like a dream scenario. Now do not think this is gonna happen at all <laughs> in the states. Once again, I'm gonna clarify. This is the dream scenario this is based dream. off of the roster we have available so, to us. So we're gonna take you back two days before, or it's gonna be the night before Mania. Yeah. NXT. Oh right? boy. Here oh we go. Boy. Are you ready for this? Oh boy. So the middle of the match because we got announced night one of NXT is gonna be the women's title match. It was for already the main announced. Event? For the it's main, main, event? main event. Okay. So I'm like Kyle O'Reilly or Kyle O'Reilly and Amcor are gonna have a match. Yep. It's probably gonna be on night two now. Because oh, that's a backloaded yeah, night two. It's gonna be yeah, because night two is always gonna be the better one. For sure. So here, here's what I'm thinking, right? So Cole and O'Reilly have a match in like the middle of the of the card. They right. start and they have like a false count anywhere, mm-hmm. whatever match. They start fighting and then they like leave and they do one of those things where like they get in a car and they like and leave then, and, then and the match like, doesn't finish. Yeah. Right. So oh, then geez. we we venture into the main event and yeah. we have Cross and Finn Balor. Right. They're having their match. Cole and O'Reilly come back, oh, and they kind of like interfere in a way yeah. or whatever, and that mess up the match. Really happy. I know. <laughs> and they, they interfere in the match, and Finn somehow pulls it off just like right. barely or something right. because of the interference mm-hmm. of the Cole O'Reilly match. So that match doesn't really happen, mm-hmm. and you have a squash you finish. Right. So then they announce for night one co-main event, you yep. get uh, what do I have here? Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, Karrion Cross, Finn Balor, four away for the NXT title oh. to co-main event night oh. one. This is like the dream. Oh. Obviously, probably not going to happen in any world, no. but this would be a great because I think you have to you put the NXT Women's one last year at mm-hmm. Mania, yep. so I think the NXT Men's one should be at Mania. And since you already announced Cross Finn, Damn. I'm like just put all four of them together, have a huge Damn. match, and Cross wins because Cross is going to take the title. Ooh. But wow. it gets you there. I like it. Not gonna happen. I even, I I even like built it. a nice little story on yeah. how you can get there that was and not nice. be stupid. That was nice. So yeah, I that, like that. that would be a fun Heck a lot main more. event. And yeah. then our main event, we're gonna have Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley for the WWE title because I feel like you have to have both world titles main event both shows. Yep. So we're gonna have this one because obviously people want to see Edge and Brains more. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I do think so. Well, that's again, the main event. Yeah. Right. And I, I'm a little surprised because uh, on how you had this just a little bit just based off of. The fact that I think there is some rumblings that potentially Lashley and McIntyre could open the show uh, in reality and have that would lead the way for Bianca and Sasha to main event night one, um, which is which is an interesting kind of prospect for me personally. But I actually tend to agree with you. Although I would like to see Sasha and Bianca main event because I do think that yeah. is a main event worthy story. I do like having the world titles as well, my main event. I will. Match. I was gonna say. I will say. I did think about moving. The yeah. WWE title to co-main the second night yeah. because I was like the second night could just be jam packed with mm-hmm. like both world titles. But I was like, but you have to have both world titles main event both sure. for so sure. Like, for sure. Yep. I was like, I couldn't go with yep. that, but I was like, I, th- there was a thought that crossed. Yeah. Okay, but, so, night one was great. I like yeah, that a lot. So There's a lot of good stuff one. there. I'm, I, you know, what the best part about this is, and I hope they don't do this is. They put a bunch of stuff in here that's filler just to get people on WrestleMania. Yeah. I hate that more than anything where we just got random six-man, ten-man tag. And I go, yeah. I don't care. Yeah. All right. So night two um, is... Night one was pretty good. Yeah. I don't know if night two could top it, but... It's going to try. But we tried. <laughs> we, we, we put our creative juices in here. We tried. Based off what I'm thinking in my head, what you're going to go, I'm, it's not going to be bad. Okay. So here we go. <laughs> Alright, so our opening contest, we're going to have the Intercontinental title. Beautiful. So we're going to have Big E versus Apollo Crews versus, I'm adding Cesaro in this match. 
And then I'm also adding, so on Fastlane, we're having Rollins and Shinsuke fight. I think the winner of that should be included to make it a four-way. Okay, okay. So I'm going to have, i got to remember who I have, uh, Rollins. Yeah. Beating Shinsuke? Beating Shinsuke. Oh. No, maybe Shinsuke. I, I guess it doesn't matter, but because yeah. the other so one's gonna, anyway. the other one, the other one's getting in a match yeah. later, okay. so it's like one okay. of the two. So whoever wins that match gets inserted into this Fatal Four Way Intercontinental Title match. I think that's smart too, and I think that's actually somewhat logical because of two reasons. Number one, we get Apollo and Big E for the title at Fastlane. No matter yes. who wins that match, I don't think that it's a strong enough feud to continue into WrestleMania as an individual singles. Cesaro getting the push that he is, I think Rollins is actually probably the better fit in this particular yeah. scenario because him and Cesaro have also been feuding and it gets them thrown into a match. But yeah. either way, I'm good with Shinsuke. Either way, because I think what you what I have later, I think okay, you're going to like it either better. way. Okay. But we'll, we'll, we'll see. Okay. So you can pick and choose Rollins or Shinsuke, but it's going to be a four-way between the winner of that match I love and love opening night two with an important match, putting yeah. the Intercontinental Championship in a main event level position because if you're not first, you want to be last. So exactly, it's, it's yeah, I like that a lot. All right, so our second match we're gonna have who gets sh- the win? By the way, in that, um, so I think Apollo Cruz wins that fast lane. Okay, spoiler alert, I guess mm-hmm. since you're gonna hear it the day after, I think it happens. Yeah. So if that happens, I think Apollo probably will retain because yeah. I'd love to yeah. see Cesaro. Give him a nice little run. I would love to see but Cesaro get that if like, that happens because I think he needs a moment. I would. I would like the Apollo wins at Mania, but then like he has a few with Spins Cesaro off. after. Yeah, I'd be cool with that. Be cool. Yeah. Right, Apollo um, Cruz has never been more entertaining. Where did? All right, here we go. So our second match, we have Shayna Baszler and Ajax versus Rhea Ripley and a partner of her choosing Ooh. for the women's tag team titles. I like it. Um, Rhea, I would assume probably pick someone from NXT to come up with her yeah, and it gets cool. them a nice little debut. Yep. Um, be it cool could be that. like Chelsea Green because she had that yeah. SmackDown yep. thing, which was like, yep. I'm at SmackDown or someone, but she gets to choose someone, so you can put in. Name a wrestler with Rhea, mm-hmm. and I probably will take Rhea and that partner to win. Yeah, I like I like Shayna and Nia as a tag team, though. I think they're doing a great job with the tag titles because nobody likes them, so it works out. Yeah. So this next match, so I was trying to rack my brain on how to get this guy on the card. So this is the one way I could figure out how. Okay. So I got Daniel Bryan taking on the loser of oh, Rollins okay. and Shinsuke. Ooh. That's pretty spicy. I like that yes. a lot. So so that's why I was like, depending on what match you want to see more, I guess you could input okay. the other guy in the I gotta pause way. this then real quick then. Just based off of our fast lane predictions are pretty clear that Roman's gonna beat Brian. I, I, lane, that's what right? I think. So I'm gonna ask you this question because I asked it last week. Yeah. And I'm gonna ask you again. What are your odds that Brian and Reigns ends in a weird finish where Brian gets inserted to the main event? See, that was that was my other thought. Was I was like, I want, I don't want to change what was already announced. Yeah, I know, that's I know. Why I put Brian I, 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 that's what I said. That's why I said take a pause. I'm not totally against the idea of having a triple threat. Now I don't want a triple threat. Okay, why don't you? Because, because on paper it sounds amazing. Because I don't like main events being triple threats. Okay, okay. As like a personal, I, I'd rather have the two like. I, what, why I wanted Reigns and Brian because I wanted the two best wrestlers in the company go one on one for sure because like you look at all the you look at like New Japan you look at all these companies they go yeah, two the best stars your biggest baby your, face and your biggest heel going, going at, at it for and sure. I think Brian is the best baby face yep. Reigns is the best heel yep. going at it in a great 20-30 minute match or whatever would be awesome that's why I didn't want Edge there yep. but I think having that triple threat dynamic I'm just not a big fan of triple threats I think it will okay. worsen the match okay okay fair enough, fair enough. so that's why I would, I'm getting like a, if out of a percent I mean like a Two percent feel that they're gonna do something weird here. Yeah, they could. Where Edge is a special enforcer now that we didn't anticipate. Where Edge does something, 
Yeah. And now we're rolling. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just I'm trying. Just... Yeah. This is me trying. If I could change the matches, yeah. I definitely would have and put yeah. Brian in this in a triple threat. But I'm just trying to be like, all right, how can I put Daniel Bryan on the card but not put him in the main event? Spoiler for my for my WrestleMania predictions too. I think that Fastlane's gonna have something to do with how the main event ends in this Probably. show. By the way, yeah. I think Edge screws Brian in this match to make sure that it's him versus Reigns, and I think. Brian somehow gets involved in Reigns and Edge, and it yeah. spins off a feud where Reigns retains, but then Edge and Brian yeah. go into a feud 100%. because I think Edge wants that feud, mm-hmm. and I think that's how we get there. But yeah. spoiler alert for me, but like I, I I'm just I, doing like mental math in my head now yeah. that you're talking about it. I definitely feel like we could totally get yeah, we could. Way. But so I have Daniel Bryan versus yeah, for sure. Rowan Shinsuke say fine. So Daniel Bryan Done. Shinsuke great. Sold. Rollins is in the, yep. the opener IC match. Mm-hmm. Solid. Cool with me. Alright, so our fourth match, we have Randy Orton versus The Fiend in a Firefly Hell in a Cell match. Oh. And now why I put thank it so... You, thank you for putting in Hell in a Cell, because otherwise... I ain't gonna so, yeah, so there. the reason I hate the Hell in a Cell individual-like yes, thing... Yes, pay-per-view, correct. I think this feud, whether you want to agree or not, it's is like is good enough to reach the Hell in a Cell points. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I think you look at all these other feuds, it's like the man tried to burn the guy alive yep, for sure. in storyline. Mm-hmm. So I think this feud would develop into Hell in a Cell mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I think it works. So I think it does and I think you're going to need to dress this match up as much as possible. Yeah. Right? We've already seen this match at Wrestlemania once before yeah. and it was god awful. Yes. Right? Fiend's going to come in. I want this match though. It needs to be and unfortunately that's the one thing I have I guess the, the, the issue with it is that it needs to be violent and yeah. it's not going to be. That's mm-hmm. the only issue. But I agree with you that it need the stakes need to be to a point where we don't ever see this match again. Yeah. And this is the way to do it. I think the Fiend should get the win and Orton goes off TV for a little bit. Yeah. So I put it because they do Firefly for everything. Yep. So yeah. Firefly, <laughs> how to sell whatever yeah, that means. Yeah. It's gonna, that's what's going to be. Fine. Um, so we have the New Day versus AJ Styles and Amos for the Raw Tag Team Titles because it was announced. Yes, it was. So yep, I right. had to put that on here somewhere. So this is where I put it. Yeah. Honestly, it's the perfect place for it. Right same thing with the women's tag, right? You have high spot with Intercontinental. All right, we're, we're gonna dip a little bit, come back up, and we're gonna dip back. You yeah. know what I mean? So Hell in a Cell, that's a gimmicky specialty match. Yeah. The next match, there's, there's no build to it. It's just by the way, we need to put AJ on the card. Yeah. Um, so here he is. Yeah. I think they get the win too. Quite frankly. Yeah, they definitely could. Uh, so our co-main event, I guess these next two are really obvious. Yep. The co-main event is Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks for the SmackDown Women's title. And then the main event is Roman Reigns versus Edge for the Universal Okay, title. real quick on that, because I think we both have Bianca and Roman winning both of those matches, yes? Uh, you have Bianca yes. winning the Women's title? Yes. Okay. I'm but, okay with that. Um, I, that's more of a toss-up. Yeah, that, I could, which I could is exciting. Way. What, is more, what, is, what is bigger, in your opinion? Being the main event of night one or being co-main event night two, knowing that oh. you are leading into Roman and Edge. Oh, like main, that's main the main event night one. You think so? Oh, yeah. Really? Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Because like I, night I would... two, you're like, okay, this is the end of WrestleMania. The two biggest matches on the show are, yeah. are the, you know what I mean? The two ones that had the most storyline put into it. And you're like... I Well, because I think the storyline would be if you main event in night one, it's, oh, we made a event in Mania together. Uh-huh. But it's like, you didn't really main event yeah. Mania. But I like, know, that's my but point. Like, but like, you made a event in Mania. Okay, all right, that's fine. I think that's a storyline that you can tell. Great card, though. Absolutely great card, though. I, I, I think it'll be really, really good. This would be the card that I would want to watch. I, I agree. 100%. But I, it's going to be nowhere near this, and I probably won't want to watch 90% of the matches that are on this card. Well, we're going to do it anyway, Both. because we're going to do it for you our fans. And you know what? We're going to try to get Kyle to watch Mania too. Kyle's over here like, Kyle's doing his taxes or something right now, but it's fine. Alright, let's did shift. You, did you get tax returns? Not yet. He's, he's cleaning up his phone. Alright, let's shift focus here. Let's get back, let's get Kyle back into it here. Alright, let's talk free agency. The first wave of free agency. Now, I think the the biggest, I guess, news 
out of free agency is the fact that New England went and spent all of their monies in a matter of about 48 hours, right? They signed Johnny Smith, they signed Hunter Henry, they bring back Cam Newton, they got Matt Judon, they got a lot of stuff done, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but as we've seen in years past, even with the Lions, when they went on their spending sprees, usually the teams that spend the most in free agency usually aren't that good, right? Mm-hmm. We've seen it year in, year in, year out. Um, my question for you, Mike, is what is the better approach, in your opinion, this offseason, okay? What the Patriots are doing or what the Lions are doing? Because the Lions are bargain hunting, clearly, right? They didn't bring back their best player in Ken Holiday that they could have, right? They haven't really spent a lot of money on anything right now, okay? But at the same time, you can make the argument that from a longer-term build, right, Detroit may be be a little bit more ahead from a team building perspective on paper just because you're not going to have all this money you've got 40 million dollars alone to your tight end position that's a lot of money you know what i mean you have a proverbial more secure spot at quarterback i guess with golf over cam newton uh you got a little bit more better younger pieces i think your offensive line is a little bit better give me your which one out of right now what would you rather be in the position of new england where you're trying to get back where you need to be, or the lines where you know you're not going to be good, but you're building for years three, four, five. Uh, see, okay, so I would rather be the Lions in this scenario. However, yeah. I think the way the Patriots are doing it because of where they're at, like yeah. as a franchise, yeah. I don't hate what they're doing though. Yeah, like it's sure. like yeah. like normally I would I'm always a fan of. Like if you notice you're not gonna be good, tear it down and just rebuild. Yeah. Like I'm. The totally Lions cool are with clearly that. doing. Yeah, that. Lions yeah. are 100 doing that. But the Patriots, like, we have a semblance, and like we have to remember they had like 12 people out with COVID last year. Like yeah. and Belichick's and old, and Belichick's <laughs> getting old. So like Belichick's <laughs> like we got like I can't sit here for five years and rebuild because he doesn't right. have that much time probably left. So I think like for the Patriots as a franchise where they're at, they need to go all in mm-hmm. and be like. We have, like, a two-year window probably yeah. left mm-hmm. of, like, we can actually have a chance at winning something here. Right. We just need this to work out. So I think I think, I think think both as individual franchises are doing the right thing for each franchise. That's a great but one. Yeah. I would, But I would rather just tear it down and yeah. just re- – Like, I'd rather do what the Pistons do and tear it down and rebuild and try to be like, oh, we can add – yeah. Blake Griffin and this guy and this yeah. guy, but it's like, but you're not really going to be competitive. Yeah, right. You're going to like fake be competitive. <laughs> I don't want to be yeah. that. No. I'd right. rather just You don't want to be 9 and 7 anymore. Yeah. So let's, be, let's be 11 and 5, 12 and 4, or let's not. Yeah. Like, I, I, like, yeah. I don't want to be. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. So, so for each franchise, mm-hmm. I think they're doing the right thing for each okay. one. Okay, cool. So, Kyle, let me ask you now, right? Based off of, you know, the biggest moves in free agency, right? We've had a couple big signings. Um, you know, for you, is there a team right now that you expect to make that job? Is it New England with all their spending? Is it the Houston Texans? They've signed 15 guys this offseason. Is it is it a team like Minnesota who just had a down year, but they bring in a, like a key piece like Patrick Peterson on a one-year deal, right? Like, is there a team that you're looking at after week one of free agency, knowing it was a slower week, there's still a lot of guys out there that can be signed that are quality players that are going to be starting for teams in the fall. Is there a team right now that you look at and you go, yeah, they got better? Like, clearly they are going to be a better team by multiple wins going into next year. Uh, and mean, why is it the Lions? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, as Michael said, New England was partially the reason they were bad was because they had a lot of guys out due to COVID last season. And I feel like, I mean, it could blow up all these times. Yeah. It could go horrible. Kim Newton could suck even more. But Well, they're going to give them every damn chance not to be with all the signings. Yeah, Good so, Lord. I, for, I mean, I think Bel- Belichick will find a way to put that mm-hmm. team together and find a way to at least improve from what they did last year. Yeah, they obviously for sure. did a lot worse than they, we I, all thought they did. Yeah. So. 
personally, I think. Is there a signing yeah. for, for either one of you guys like that sticks out the page where you either go, wow, that's a really great signing for one reason or another, or a questionable one? Because I have a couple that are like, I don't get it um, from, a, from a team perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, is, there, is there a signing for you, Mike, that you go, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me? Um, I'm, I'm waiting to stay away from the Lions. We're going to talk about the Lions individually here in a second. But, like, is there a signing around the league where you go, I don't understand? Or one where you go, that is a great move by that organization to bring that person in? I think the best underrated move yeah. was Jared Cook to the Chargers. <laughs> I love how you just stole his thunder. And I definitely don't <laughs> stole your thunder hardcore there. Um <laughs> I but think, it actually makes sense. But I it, it makes so much sense, yeah. though. Because I think That's Herbert so is a, just like a vertical, let's throw the ball down the field. Yep. And I think Jared Cook is, I'm just going to go. He's not He's not your five-yard turnaround guy. He is no. a vertical threat. Oh, yeah. So I think he just adds a little bit more than what Hunter Henry was adding. Yeah, for sure. I think he's been more available, too. Yeah. Hunter Henry's got a lot and of And I also industries. love um, Trey Hendrickson going to the Cincinnati Bengals. Because yep. that just adds an, uh, a pass rush need. Yep. That Cincinnati doesn't have. He's 13 and, sacks last year. Yeah, yep. and he and he's just going to be great there. So mm-hmm. yeah, with DJ Reader as well, already being signed last year, the defense yeah. is going to be better for sure. Sorry, Kyle. I is there, is there one for you, for Kyle? That is there a signing that sticks off to you for see, good for good or bad? Were you going to say Jared Cook? I mean, I was going to say Jared I'm Cook. Sorry. I mean, I mean, I haven't really paid much attention to free agent honestly, but once I saw Jared Cook. Uh, sound of the Chargers, and he was know. devastated. He's like, he's not going to the Lions. The wrong Saints yeah, no, tight end signed here. Dang it! Yeah, Dang no. it! I mean, I mean, I was frustrated to sound the Lions, but he's a world class tight end, one of the greats. We got to get Herbert. Jersey. Herbert's lucky enough to you know have, I think have him as a safety blanket. It'll be a good connection, kind of like we do. Yeah, the backyard. yeah, out in the backyard. <laughs> so it's, it's going to be kind of like that. Actually, no. Here's the thing: I'm the safety blanket because you're always double covered. Yeah, so yeah. I'm yeah, the one. I'm the check down. Yeah, you're, you're the guy where he goes. We got to say a prayer. Throw it. <laughs> Um, I think there's a couple moves for me. Number one, and we're going to talk about the Bears here in a second because I don't understand what the hell the Bears are doing. Um, but the Andy Dalton signing to me, I don't really think that he is – I don't know for comparison to Finch Trubisky, I don't really know how much more you're getting. You know, like I know Trubisky's not good. Let me say, let me say that on the, on the surface, right? But he is a little bit more mobile. He's more athletic. He's got a stronger arm. He's not as accurate. I'll, I'll say that 100%. But like – are you really getting that much more out of Trubisky or out of Dalton than you are Trubisky? And Trubisky signs a one-year, $2.5 million deal to be the backup in Buffalo, or you sign Dalton for a contract worth up to $14 million. I just – and I get why they had to do it because of the Russell Wilson thing, which we're going to talk about here in a second. But, like, I, that one confused me a little bit. And, two, the Chiefs signing Joe Thune, the guard from New England, for $60 million. I was like, that's a lot of money for an over-25 guard not a tackle. You cut your tackles, and you signed a guard to big money. And I go, I don't understand what's happening right now because yeah. it was not the interior offensive line saying, that had an issue. It was the edge. I was just saying they had PTSD, so they said we need to sign linemen. Cause... Yeah, well, and you can sign linemen, but sign the. I mean, they they brought back Mike Remmers. Yeah. But I go. Oh yeah. But I was like, I don't understand what was happening right oh, now. Oh, you know who had the greatest free agency vote was the. Fucking years. Yeah. They said, oh let's just goodness. bring everyone back. Yeah. Let's yeah. run it back. Yeah, I don't think it's going to work out the same, but it's fine. Um, but I also, you know, another move too, just just based off of like how hard it is to repeat. I just don't know if it's it's, it's feasibly possible. Um, another signing that I didn't really understand is, uh, I guess it's a re-signing, but Aaron Jones back to the Packers. I understand it from the aspect of uh, like Aaron Jones is a good player. I'm not a big fan of paying running backs for, you know, 11 12 million dollars a year you know what i mean i don't think he's 
I don't think he he makes the offense go, but at the yeah. same time, I think it's difficult because they drafted Cam Akers in round two. That's the part I don't understand. Or sorry, AJ Dillon. Thank you. Like I just don't understand why you invest so much draft capital to then re-sign a guy who's going to clearly be your starter, and now you're wasting. I would not be shocked though if behind closed doors this was a uh, Rodgers going, "Hey, can you get Aaron Jones back?" And they were like, "You're like, you know, we didn't draft a receiver at all in the draft. Yeah. We got you." Yeah, they were either that or Rodgers <laughs> like, "Yeah, because I'm not going to stay if you don't re-sign him." Or like, right. like he could have probably put the pedal down, and be like, "Listen, yeah. like we, I want him back." And they were like. Okay, and then yeah. and then that gives Aaron Jones the freedom of being all right. So now you have right. to pay me whatever I want because mm-hmm. uh, you're you're kind of screwed if you don't bring me back. Basically, right. I wouldn't be shocked if this was like a Rodgers doing to bring could me be, back. Could be for sure. Like right. Wilson's been doing that too. Yeah. So um, let, I want to talk before we hit Lions here. I do want to talk about the Wilson thing for a second. Okay, so the reported deal on the table was so three number so ones, three number ones, um, two starters. And I think a second round or two was that oh, the other part. Third round, a third rounder, yeah. So a, a third round pick, two or three number one picks, three first rounders, and two starters. I don't know if it's defensive or offensive, but two starters. But then quotes because I don't know what that means 100. But I'm guessing it wasn't Cleo Mack. Let me put it that way. Yeah. If it's not that, then I don't really care. Um, uh, first, let me ask you this: as the Seattle Seahawks man that Michael Merkel is, if you are the Seahawks. Do you make that trade? If you're the Seahawks, uh, knowing what you're getting back, no. do you make the trade? Okay. No. Why? Um, because, well, one, so you're in um, what we call draft hell right now because uh, you Correct. have no picks. They have three picks this they year. They have three picks this year. And they're gonna. I, I assume they're going to try to trade down to get like two-thirds mm-hmm. for like a, for their second or something. So they're going to be trying to move around the draft board. They have a second, a fourth, and a seventh. Okay. So they're going to try to trade some of those down or move around so they can try to probably get more. Mm-hmm. But they have three picks. So even if you're like, all right, we get three first-round picks in the next couple years, guess how many picks you actually get? Well, you only get well, you get the four, but you only have a first, second, fourth, and sixth this year. And the next year, you have two firsts. Right? No, you only have one first because Shamal Adams got traded. Oh, so yeah. you don't even have that first next year. Jeez. So you're only gonna have that one first round pick. You're not even gonna have two. You're gonna only have the one. Or did, was there one? They only drafted the two first rounders. Yeah, this year's and next year's. I thought it was last year's and this year's. Mm-hmm. This year's oh, and next year's. Gross. So that's what I mean. So you're not gonna have that first next year mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. And then they already traded a couple of those away. So you you only have like five picks next year too. So you're just in draft like hell so uh, the reason i wouldn't do it is because if you trade him it's not like the lions where you have like 13 picks next year yeah. like, all right we can find a quarterback or right we're gonna have so many best picks can't wait to talk exactly about yeah. but like seattle it's like we have like four picks mm-hmm. to rebuild we have to find a new quarterback and we have to rebuild the rest of our team with these four picks yeah and mm-hmm. that's probably not going to happen with yeah. the draft what we're going to be picking yeah they're not so, really in the great salary cap and also either. the bears aren't going to give you because the bears are picking like 22 so you're not even getting like that's a top true. 10 pick that's true. you're getting like 22 now you're not going to find anything there. now kyle i'm ask you if you're the bears and seattle goes okay and you go before you press send do you make that trade? And here's my argument, right, before you say yes or no to this, right, is, okay, yeah, you get Russell Wilson, right? Say Allen Robinson signs his tag still, which he has, okay? You're losing now three years of first-round picks, so you haven't had a first-round pick in a hot minute either because of the Khalil Mack trade, and you're losing, let's just say it's two starters, and you're saying two starters, right? It's not Khalil Mack, but it's Eddie Jackson and somebody else, right? You're, I'm trying to name your best players possible, yeah. okay? Do you make the deal? Still, knowing you're getting Russell Wilson. Knowing you're playing in a division where you still have Aaron Rodgers there. And the mighty Jared Goff. <laughs> if I was the Chicago Bears, I would say, 
Hit that send button. <laughs> Russell Wilson. I wouldn't even think twice about it. Yeah, Literally, I really, not think twice about it. Really. Russell Wilson will just automatically put you at least in the playoffs. It seems like you might get you might get stagnant, but you're at least in the playoffs. But as we were talking about before, though, right? If you're ten and six, and say you're maybe winning the division, maybe not, because yeah, you can't. You're even not winning the division. Right. So that so then, if you're not winning the division and you're not a top two or three team in the NFC, is it worth to mortgage the future for a guy yes. knowing, but knowing <laughs> the fact though that you're not even you're not even a top three team in your own conference. Yeah. Like that's I think the part that sucks. Like, it does. Uh, like you know what I mean? Where I'm like, if you make this trade, it's like, okay, great, we have Russell Wilson. Okay, yeah, we're real sure we're gonna be able to beat the Lions both times this year instead of splitting with them, right? I get that. But even if you're not able if you're not even able to beat Green Bay, you're not the best team in your division. How is it worth it for you to give up those many that many assets? Because you're going to get so much worse. I mean, Russell Wilson's taking, but as we see in Seattle, Russ can't do it all. Yeah. Right? Your offensive line is not great. Your running game is Below average. I don't think they're that great either. You've got one good wide receiver. I get that they try to go after Galladay, which, yeah. you know, good at him. But they, they don't have really anybody else offensively to throw to. I guess Cole Kmet. And I, I don't know. I just feel like if – I, I still don't understand why Russ wanted to go. But if they do make the trade, I just don't think that you are so much better. We're like – it's not like a Tampa situation where, okay, we're going to bring in Brady. He's such an upgrade over Jameis Winston. Yeah. And we're going to do all things to set him up where – it's just the quarterback we need. Chicago needs more than just a quarterback. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, I'm not saying I necessarily wouldn't, because like the 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 ability to get a guy like Russell Wilson is extremely hard to pass up. And obviously, they're the one making the offer, so they wanted to do it. But yeah. it's one of those things where I'm like, man. Yeah. And if Seattle, I would not have done it if I was Seattle. Either, no. By the way, if Seattle does this trade, you go. Um, not only are we going to be bad, we're going to be league worse because your offensive line's garbage, your defense just got older, you have no pass rush, and um, no one's going to throw the ball to them. Yeah, you're going to be really, really bad. So I get why Seattle didn't do it, but oh my goodness, just throwing that out there. All right, let's talk Lions here before we hit this mock draft real quick. Here, Kyle's going to find us a mock draft um, to end the show. But Lions made a couple big moves, right? So we've got Romeo Aquara coming back. Um, yeah, that's kind of uh, you know Romeo Aquara coming back. Um, on a three-year deal, you know, really team-friendly deal, quite frankly. Him and his brother are actually going to be under contract for the exact same amount of time now when the contract expires, so that's going to be kind of neat. Um, that was probably their biggest, I would say, signing. Um, I like it a lot, quite well, frankly. He's not getting paid $14 million a year, which is spectacular. Look at what yeah. Carl, uh, what Lawson got from uh, Tampa, and you go, dang. Perfect. And Carl Lawson even got more money from the Jets, so you're like, whoo. Um Starting to like the D-line now. Right. Uh, speaking of D-line, right, Michael Brockers coming over from the Rams for a 2023 seventh-round pick, which is the equivalent to a ham sandwich and a Diet Coke in the NFL. It's so, not even a regular Coke. It's no, it's diet a Diet Coke. Coke. It's not even like full like delicious Coke. It's gross. Stale. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's, been, it's a can of Diet Coke that's been sitting in your car for three days. And it's been half open. Disgusting. Um, because the Rams wanted to cut it or wanted to take a pay cut, he said no. Lions like we'll dig him. They give him a new uh, contract. That was such a bad move. Yeah, they give him a new contract as well, where he's got a little bit more guaranteed money, but his his number really doesn't change a whole lot, and it's easy to get out of out of year two. They signed Brashad Perriman to a new for a one year three million dollar deal. Speedster guy. Um, they signed uh, Jamal Williams, the running back out of Green Bay. He's going to compete with Carryon Johnson to be your number two guy. Um, for two years, I think it's like six and a half million dollars, something like that. First year cap, it's like one point seven five. Um, they signed Charles Harris, a rotational defensive end. That's the only one where you go, I don't really care because it's not 
I haven't seen the money on it yet, but it's not going to be anything spectacular. He's a failed first-round pick, but he's depth, right? If he's a third, fourth defensive end, I'm not really going to go crazy. Um, I do think there's a couple moves left to be made for them. Um, obviously, defensive secondary. They've got uh, uh, Kazee, the guy from the safety from uh, Atlanta, mm-hmm. interceptions leader from 2019. He's taking a visit this week, so I, I would probably expect that's probably a signing if I had to guess. Um, and obviously, the Jared Goff trade is now official as well. Jared Goff's here. We're excited about it. Uh, so, I'm, so I'm told we're supposed to be. Um, Mike, thoughts on what the Lions are doing so far? Based off their salary cap situation, all that stuff going in, knowing that this is full rebuild, Galladay's gone, Marvin's gone, they're all gone. You're getting compensatory picks off the butt. I mean, Jamal Ag- That's the. I'm sorry. That's the worst signing of the offseason, by the way, is Jamal Agden to the Jacksonville Jaguars for three years, $21 million. Gross. Sorry. Had to put that back hey, in listen, there. Listen, when he, when he returns like 10 kicks this year for touchdowns, we're not going to Well, that would be three times as many kicks as he's done for his entire career. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to seeing it. Anyway, point being, um, uh, thoughts on the Lions offseason so far? Obviously, lots of time to go. I still think a receiver is still probably on the board, um, not only in the draft at some point, but to be signed as well, depending how they feel about Quintez Cephas. Um, but t- tell me tell me about what you're thinking about this offseason so far, week one. Oh, no. I mean, all you need to do is re-sign Romeo Akrara, and I was happy. Pretty I'm, much. I'm, I'm yeah. chilling. I'm, I was I'm like, pretty happy. Once they re-signed him, I said, anything you do from here, I'll, I'll be okay That's with That's what kills me. Lions fans were like, we're not doing anything. I go, they just signed their best pass rusher yeah. to a very team-friendly deal where he's not making $40 million a year. Um that's a pretty big move yeah, for, no, this, that, for this okay. organization. Once, once, he, once I saw that update and I was yeah. like, oh, we got him back? We're good. Yeah. I'm cool. And, right. he, they literally, and everything else has just been like tiny little ads. I'm not like you, like Brashawn Perryman. I'm like, he's good. You yeah, know, I'm more excited by it just because uh, I just think he's really fast. So I'm, yeah. like, I'm, I'm finally like, just happy to see speed on yeah, this like, team. Yeah, like all the other signings have happened this week and last yeah. week or the whatever. Other, oh, like, Tim Boyle, the backup quarterback. Sorry, I missed that one. Yeah. <laughs> but like all these people, I'm like, yeah, you, I can live or die without. But like Romeo right. Carr, once I got him resigned, I was like, all right, we're good. I'm solid. Else. I love the Brockers trade too. And my, I mean, yeah, that, that like, I mean the fact that they got him for basically nothing, and yeah. he's a team vet. Once again, it's like I talked about a couple weeks ago. The Vanden Bosch, Nate Burleson type of guys were okay. They're maybe not even top fifteen at their position anymore, but they're culture guys who can provide you some good depth and can and can be starters for you and eat up snaps. I think that's exactly what they've yeah. done. Kyle, thoughts on the Lions offseason? Um, so far, no, they've got some pieces still left to go, but um, I think they're doing a great job of kind of redefining what this team is going to be, both from a player fit standpoint and also a culture standpoint. If I'm being honest, I honestly have paid no attention to the free agency, but I know, I know that I mean, there's a few like uh, kind of blogs or Instagram accounts that I'll follow about the trend yeah. lines. They'll kind of talk about you know the moves and stuff, and I do, I do personally like. The way that Brad Holmes, GM, and the new coach are kind of making these moves to where, like, yeah, we know we're going to rebuild, but we're trying to make the smart moves and the moves that, when we look back and be like, wow, that was, like, a, a great move. That yeah. No one even knew what would happen. Now we have yeah. all these dudes in this team. That's going to take us to the Super Bowl in 2047. And it's all going to be because of the moves <laughs> we made. 2047, please don't. Right. <laughs> hey, listen, when Romeo Carver gets that game-winning sack in a playoff game in the wild card, it's going to be like, oh, every, all that money was worth it. I know. Go off and this. Jared Goff leads us to a playoff game. And beating we all, the Rams. Beating the Rams. That would be the greatest day. I'd be like, oh, God. I mean, I, wish, I, I, hope, like, I hope the Rams don't make it that far. But like. Yeah, geez, Louise. But anyway, yeah, no, it's it's one of those situations where, right, like, none of these moves are earth-shattering by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, but with that being said, though, 
you know, the goal always for NFL teams is to is to keep your own players. That means that they're developing and that they're good enough players where you go, no, no, we want him, them here. We're not okay with letting them go. So the fact that Aquara is here, uh, we got Trey Flowers, Brockers, Sean Hand, you know, like your defensive line all of a sudden doesn't look as egregiously disgusting as it did just a few weeks ago. So that's... I just got to add some depth to it because... Yeah, you need that and you need linebackers yeah. in the oh. worst way. Good Lord. Um, I think that's why they ran on Keanu Neal to play a weak side linebacker. Right? Mm-hmm. I know he played safety, but he's going to play linebacker for Dallas. I think that's why he, they were in on him as well. So um, interesting enough, but I like where they're at so far. Nothing too crazy. They haven't ex- you know, they haven't exhausted their resources. Everything they've done so far is short term, and they're re- really trying to rebuild this team um, literally from the, from the studs. So it, it's extremely exciting for sure. I, I think they'll be more fun to play with than Madden, if nothing else. Um, but, all right, let's shift our focus here a little bit here. Last segment of the day, our mock draft corner. You know, usually Mike's got a mock draft for us. Today, Kyle's got one from, who is it, Lance Zerloin? I believe Something so. Something like that? Yeah. Lance Zerloin. Uh From a couple days ago, right, Mike? Or, Mike, jeez, Kyle. Yesterday. Uh, yesterday? Well, it's the 21st day when they come out. 19th? It just says the day ago. Oh, okay, cool. All right, so all right, so let's go through this. Um, let's just go. We'll just go one through seven first, and when we get to the Lions pick, we'll talk about it. Um, and then and, then, me, and then hit me with the good ones. Yeah, just some that. highlights of teams that we care about. Like, give me who the Packers pick, who the Bears take. Um, any Michigan, any, State any Michigan guys people, go. any Michigan State guys that we said. Yeah. Oh, oh, no, Michigan, like Michigan or State. People oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, I don't think anybody from Michigan State's going. No, Michigan State's going for sure. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, they have that. They have a really good corner that's projected to go late first. Is there? Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway. That's about it, though. Okay. So, number one pick, do we have any um, crazy okay, so predictions? I'm going to so, go Penny Sewell. <laughs> I'm going to go Zach Wilson. Yeah. But I'm going to joke about it. It's Trevor Lawrence. No, it's He's Trevor the Lawrence. They're talking about it on their own social media pages at this point. It's insane yeah. to me how, like, and Kyle's gonna how go, much of, like, a layup Kyle's going to go Justin is. Fields. <laughs> yeah. How are we feeling about the second pick? Oh, wait, so is that right? Yes. You were oh, right. Perfect. Everyone's like first pick. They go, my my draft's still perfect. We're good. We're so good. We're so good. Second pick, Jets. Jets. I think it's Zach Wilson. I think I think that that's going to wind up being the prevailing thought for a lot of people. Um, If here's the thing though. I, I don't know if they take a quarterback a little bit just because I'm like, okay, you have Darnold. Are you trading Darnold? What are you doing with yeah. that position? But I'm going to still say they take a quarterback. I'm, I'm going to say go, Zach Wilson. I'm going to say Zach Wilson, too. Zach Wilson? Yeah. Zach Wilson. It is. Yeah. 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 Okay. Right. Two. Yeah. Top three is Miami. Oh, Miami's tough. Miami's the toughest oh, one. I think Miami should be ta- – oh, I'm trying to think. They were in on Kenny Galladay, so I'm going to say they take Jamar Chase. Trying to change by now because mm-hmm. I want to just copy. I want to seem like I'm copying. Well, know, I mean, it is what it is. Fair. I mean, oh, uh, I think they're gonna go wide receiver, but I think they're gonna go Devonte Smith. Devonte Smith is the third pick. Miami Dolphins take Jamar Chase. Ah, uh, you were gonna be right though. I was so gonna be right, yeah. but I didn't want to be that yeah. guy. <laughs> for, for the fourth pick, we have a trade. Okay. Carolina Panthers. Jersey oh, well, oh well, so it's Justin Fields then. Justin Fields. Fields, we have Trey Lance. Oh boy, that makes if anything, if you're Lions fans, that makes you happy. That makes you a little happy. That makes yeah. you very happy because that okay. means that the proverbial thought of uh, did they say compensation in that trade by any chance? Like what what Carolina would be giving no, up to Atlanta? No, they don't do that. No, no, it's just they swap first probably. Like, yeah, well for the mock draft, but I think if you're moving eight spots, I think it would cost you a first this year, four probably spots. four spots. Sorry. It, it, but you're trading your first this year, obviously, probably a high mid-round pick between second and third, and probably a first next year, probably. if I had to guess. Yeah. 
That's probably they're gonna have to give up a lot to move up there because Atlanta may need a quarterback. They may take yeah. one. So. That's a great move for Atlanta because Atlanta doesn't need a quarterback. Well, so they're hoping they... that they're hoping because you got Cincinnati, right? You got um, the Eagles and the Lions. Yeah. And you're like, there's potential that none, none of these teams yeah. take quarterback here. So you're like, eh, worst case scenario, take the best player available. Yeah. All right, five. Yeah, oh, Cincinnati. So five. Cincinnati takes Penny Sewell. Penny Sewell. Okay. I kind of like uh, Rashawn Slater more. That's what. That's but that's five. why I brought it up last week though, right? At, for the Lions at seven, where you go, you could bookend this, where you go no, Slater and Decker, and you got your tackles. I'm Wrong. just saying. Wrong. I'm sorry. Six. I'm sorry, Mike. I'm sorry. I'm giving you <laughs> options. <laughs> Sixth pick, Philadelphia Eagles select. Oh, Kyle boy. Pitts. I think it's the perfect place for him. Mm, I'm gonna say they take. Um, I'm gonna say they take Devonte Smith just because they're stupid. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> they take Kyle Pitts. Ah, yeah, baby, head of baby, head of baby. They're, they're a good organization. <laughs> they know what's up. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Lions so pick We got the Lions. Um, Lions don't trade out. Okay. There's no trade for them at this point, right? I, I, if this is the way the board falls, I think they got to be extremely happy because Justin Fields being there. I know you're not. I know you're on the quarterback train, but I know. They haven't said they're not, so yeah. what? I don't think they're going to wind up taking one, but I do think this is a perfect position for them to trade down if possible, um, just based on the fact that you're looking and you go, like there's some teams that could maybe take – I think New England could trade up and take a quarterback. I think San Francisco could trade up and take a quarterback. Um, Atlanta may get freaked out all of a sudden and go, oh, maybe we need to go back up now and grab our guy if they don't want Matt Ryan there. And the fact that Field is still available um, – there's a lot of there's a lot of options. I say they take Jalen Waddle. That's why I think I they, think they take Michael Parsons. The Sun pick, the Detroit Lions pick, Devontae Smith. Uh, uh yeah. See, <laughs> I like how me Mike was All right. No, that'd be that'd be rough. Yeah. Um, no. Here's the thing though: is the receiver class is so deep. We talked about as we were walking down your hallway to get here. Mm-hmm. Um, in the second round, if you could get that Minnesota Bateman dude, yeah. I think like if you took. Michael Parsons first round and oh, you and can pull Bateman, Bateman? Oh, in yeah. second round. Uh, I'm, I'm like that's like a great yeah that's a great one Absolutely. too. And that's why I don't want to go all receiver here because mm-hmm. yes there are good receivers top heavy, but I think you Agreed. can pull your great linebacker and then you pull a really good receiver. In here, here's second. why I went Waddle. Okay, and this is my this is my number one thing is I definitely think that in, where they are at picking, I think they are literally going to go and they say who is the best player available. Yeah, they could. You know what I mean? And I think that. Just based off of what their needs are, right? I don't know what they're doing at linebacker. So then, if they sign like Sammy Watkins or something, then I think wide receiver in the first round is completely off the table. Mm-hmm. Let me put it that way. But right now, with the way the receiving core is, you still don't really have a number one receiver. So I think that that's where they're going with it a little bit. That's why I said they went Waddle. I also prefer Waddle over Devontae Smith. Um, but Devontae Smith may just. One of the things where I'm like, I just worry that he's just going to be hurt all the time. Like, I think he's going to be like Deshaun Jackson, where it's like when he's on the field, he's awesome, but when he's mm. he, but he's just never on the field for 16 games. Yeah, you know what I mean. Now, nothing against the dude, but all right, all right, give me some good stuff, Kyle. What yeah, what do we have? Okay, so with the ninth pick, the Denver Broncos. Well, who went eight? Who went eight? Uh, New York Giants traded with the Falcons. Wow. Atlanta okay. traded down again. Oh, they said we don't need anybody here. Yeah, solid. Who did Giants take that? Eight? Uh, it took Jalen Waddle. That makes no sense to me. That makes zero. Uh, that makes zero sense to me on so many levels. It makes no sense. So it's on the receiving court. But you have Slayton, and you just paid. You're going to need to repay Slayton at some point, and you just paid Galladay eighteen million dollars, and then you're going to now draft another wide receiver at eight when your defense is not good. Oh, their defense is good. No, it's not. Who's on their defense right now? They don't now? have big name guys, but they're solid defense. Oh no way. 
Offensive line, I would take Slater there. Shoot. Oh, yeah, I'd definitely take Slater. Yeah. But, I mean, goodness but gracious. I, like I mean, I like, but I'm just talking about for the Giants in particular. It makes no sense for them, the fact that they have that much invested in the wide receiver position. Well, just Fields goes ninth to the Denver Broncos. Slater. Oh, they are thrilled with that. They're, they're, Good still Lord. they're doing backflips. What we yeah. talked about. Yeah, Slater goes tenth to the Dallas Cowboys. Damn it. That also sucks. Um, I, I, that's weird. I guess they're, I guess they're assuming then that um, Tyron Smith's gone, or he's going to be retiring soon. Because Leal Collins is so, there. That makes you so frustrated. I keep going. <laughs> Mac Jones goes fifteenth. New, New England Patriots. That makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot. That's of sense. exactly where I had in mind. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Quiddy Pay goes eighteenth to the Miami Dolphins. That seems like a. That sounds like, like a Dolphins. Yeah. Literally, play. they look just like old Kyle Van Noy. They said we're just going to fill you with Quiddy Pay, who does the exact same thing. Yeah. Yeah. They're both um, underwhelming. Travis Etienne twenty four to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Perfect. Yeah. Actually, it does Perfect. work out well because yeah, James Conner's gone. That's another guy that's still out there. I'm surprised by. Michael Parsons, 29th to the Green Bay Packers. Oh, my <gasps> God. That would be the worst <laughs> case scenario ever. We're talking about him at 7. He doesn't go until 29. Uh, oh, that's so inaccurate. Honestly, at that point, though, if they're... If, if you're the Lions, I'm trying to trade back I know, up. Like if, if you take Devontae Smith and Micah Parsons in the same draft, yeah. done. T- trade your compensatory third round you just got from yeah. the Rams. And trade, and trade that bitch up to Oh, my gosh. Hell, and your yeah, second rounder pick? If he's sitting sold. there at 28, 29, 30, I'm like, oh my get up God. as fast as possible. Yeah. That's like, I'm shocked last year that more people didn't try to trade for Patrick Queen when he was just dropping. Mm-hmm. I'm like, bro, who's going to trade up to get this guy? Mm-hmm. And, like, and then Ravens just sat yeah. there. Yeah, Baltimore was like, oh, the Packers didn't tra- draft him? They drafted a backup quarterback, quarterback? for this year? I Sweet. guess we'll take it. And they traded up to... I, just, I, don't, I don't understand the Packers draft philosophy in yeah, the slightest. But they're good, so I guess I can't hate And to round out the first round, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers take Najee Harris. That's a great signing for them, actually, because if they, if they don't, if they lose Fournette. It's like, oh, by the way, we have this beast of a running back coming in. Well, the Bucks are at a point now where it's like you can just toss someone out, and then they go, all right. So our last first round, or our late first round pick, we'll just replace. Well, they have a really lot of wide receivers. He has a lot of wide receivers going in the first round. Twenty-seven. Terrence Marshall from LSU is twenty-seven. Elijah Moore, wide receiver out of Mississippi, going to New Orleans at pick twenty-eight. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Or that like, dude guy, you know, he's in the draft. The Moore guy, oh, he's yeah, like five nine. Another one I think that would suck for Lions fans. Actually, two of them that I think that uh, I think some Lions fans and the second round would really like is Zayvon Collins, the linebacker out of Tulsa, going to Washington. Yeah, it's a good pick for Washington, but that would suck for Lions fans because I know they want him to fall around too. Uh, Gregory Rousseau, the uh, edge defender out of Miami, going twenty to Chicago. That would suck um, as well. Uh, I'm trying to look at anything else. It's like. Like groundbreaking. Some of these guys like offensive linemen. Farley goes twelve. The corner out of Virginia Tech's uh, uh, Patrick Sertan. They finally take a they, they take a wide or a corner at eleven. That's a great value. They must have accumulated a lot of picks mm-hmm. if you're Atlanta. But interesting, very interesting there. Devontae Smith. Definitely I would like how that board falls, but I don't know about Devontae Smith. No, I don't think so either. Like I said, I, I, but the board falls like perfectly how you would want it. You, Devontae so Smith, Jalen Waddle, Justin Fields, Rashawn Slater, and um, Micah Parsons. Yeah, they're all, all the board there. there so and you, you're really hoping Denver wants to trade up. Yeah, and you can just like you you have your pickings. Then at that you're point, hoping you're going. hoping Denver or San Francisco or a team like that wants to trade up to yeah. to get a quarterback at that point. If if you're not. In the quarter, Kyle, absolutely killer mock draft. Yeah, I like that though. That was good. Uh, you got some, got some shocker picks there. Got some got stuff. Me very upset and very happy back to back. 
how we like to, <laughs> yeah, that's how we like our mock drafts to go. Um, as we get close to the draft, obviously we'll start going into rounds two, three, and four. But um, right now it's just a little bit too early with all the pro days and all that good stuff going on. And because free agency is still at a fever pitch, we don't want to go too in depth just yet. But all right, that's gonna be it for this week's show, though. Next week's show, we'll be talking probably more Michigan basketball, depending. It'll be a really good conversation or really bad conversation, depending on how that all works out. We'll be talking about the strength of the Big Ten Conference as well, based off of the results of this week. Um, we'll probably be previewing um, another mock draft as well, reviewing more Lions signings that are, I'm sure, welcome to come. And we'll probably be having some more WrestleMania talk as well. So lots of big stuff coming over the weeks ahead. We really appreciate it. Be on the lookout, too. Um, over the next coming weeks, too, we're probably going to have our first edition of the Time Machine series that me and Michael want to scheduling. We're in around WrestleMania season, so what better way to go back and look back at some old good WrestleManias than doing it right there right now. So that's going to be it for this week's show, though. On behalf of the here whale man, not the missing whale man, but he's here, we're ready to go. On behalf of the whale man, he's the Mark Zone, I'm the Mouth of Michigan, and we will see you guys, as always, next time.